Welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. My name is Mike Abendroth. Glad to be back here. Is this called a studio? If you saw this, you wouldn't think it was a studio. It doesn't happen very often these days, since I don't think people listen to the show as much, since it's not a discernment ministry. But we'd have visitors to the church, and then they'd say, oh, we listen to the show, that's why we find about at the church, and then I would say, oh, come on and take a look at the studio. <laughs> that's the studio? That's the studio. Basically, it's a table, two tripods, a couple of microphones, and a Rodecaster Pro 2. That's it. That's all we have with odd accoutrement. Things about the Deeply Rooted Conference, November 10th and 11th. Catechism for Young Children. Gospel Assurance, a 31-day guide to assurance. How to Pray the Rosary. Uh, New Testament Cliff Notes. Message Bible. And a Joel Osteen Cube. <laughs> that's it. That's, I've, oh, that's all I've got for you. <laughs> I wish there was more, but thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> All right, today I want to talk to you about praising God for, well, could be health, that might be good. Could be children, that'd be good. A spouse, a sunrise, taste buds, eyesight. Wonderful music. So you've never heard that part of the song, have you? I've never played this part of the song. This is where I, I'm supposed to do the hip-hop stuff, right? Right about here. See? Here we go. That's all you have to do today is just play this. You didn't hear that on the show so far either, have you? Anyway, today I want to talk about praising God for sovereign election. That little part I just did back there was for my friend Christian Harris. So Christian, that's for you. Most of the time, uh, if you're thinking wrongly, or maybe when you were a new Christian, maybe when you were an unbeliever, maybe even now, you say to yourself, I, I don't really like election. Uh, I don't like the doctrine. I don't like the implications. I, I would not praise God for election. I would get bugged. The only thing that's preventing me from getting bugged is Romans 9. Well, if you're suppressing your feelings of getting bugged, I commend you. The passage that I want to uh, talk about a little bit today is Luke chapter 2. And I want you to see in this passage, here's my purpose. Everything should have purpose statements, right? Purpose clauses, henna, henna clauses, they say in the Greek. H-I-N-A, not Heno clauses. <laughs> that would actually made me laugh. Henna clauses, Heno clauses, Henna clauses. If you don't know what Heno is, it's what my grandmother said when she answered the phone. And her main language was English, and she'd answer the phone. Let's see, the number was 5533836. No. I used to know it. That's sad that I forgot it. Anyway, she'd answer the phone. Hello? Grandma, you, you, you just said hello. You're supposed to say hello. 
No, I said hello. No, you said hello. Let me call you right back. Hello. <laughs> and there's that weird German guy, at least he looks weird in my mind, who puts out albums. Heino, H-E-I-N-O. Look up Heino and you're going to go, oh, on the cover of some album with, with poodles. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And you know this wonderful Christmas, what we say, passage. And an angel of the Lord, probably Gabriel from earlier in the account, in chapter 1, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. My friend just pulled up, and he's in a convertible Corvette. Huh, interesting. And so the angel shows up, Glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Angel, uh, The angel of the Lord showed up to Mary. She was frightened, showed up to Zechariah. He was frightened, but neither of those two uh, saw the angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord shining around them, showing the presence of God, his brilliance. Uh, think about the cloud, uh, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, this radiant light manifest, manifesting and showing the glory of God. How, how could you see God? Well, you can't, but you can, you can get a visible manifestation of his glory. And, of course, this is going to emphasize the message of the angels, is it not? And they were afraid. And the angel said to them, fear not. They had mega fear in the Greek. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So instead of mega fear in the Greek, they have mega joy. I kind of like that. And it's for all people. And this good news for all people, specifically Israel here, will be expanded, of course, even later on in the chapter, uh, Light for the Gentiles. And this good news is a person. And this person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? You have Jesus Christ, Lord. And that's who this good person, that's who this good news is about. J.C. Ross said, we need not wonder at these words. The spiritual darkness which had covered the earth for 4,000 years was about to be rolled away. The way to pardon and peace with God was about to be thrown open to all mankind. The head of Satan was about to be bruised. Liberty about to be proclaimed to the captives. And the recovering of sight to the blind. That's what we mean by good news or good tidings. Gospel says done. Of course, law says do. I, I think to myself, talk about joy. This is as good as it gets. And I don't mean that in a negative way or a derogatory way, in a good way. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In the city of David, of course, we see the law. We see prophets all pointing to a Davidic uh, heir to sit on the throne. Think 2 Samuel chapter 7, promised long ago. And in this day, that baby is born. The waiting is over. Uh, by one count, the word for today 
is found 11 times in Luke. And when it talks about today in Luke, most of the time, it talks about the dawning of the Messianic era. I think, what's that one song by the specials? It's the dawning of a new era. We're not talking about the special song. We're talking about the era of the Messianic salvation. God's plan is being fulfilled today before your very eyes. Jesus said it in Luke 4.21, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And amazement seized them all. Luke 5, they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Luke 19.5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Luke 19.9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. And of course, these titles, Jesus, Christ, and Lord, are great summaries of the Lord Jesus as deliverer, as Messiah or anointed one, and as God. When you see Lord here in this context, does it mean king, sovereign, uh, I don't want to say boss really because that's, that's, you know, Adonai? The answer is yes. But ask yourself this question. How has Lord been used in Luke so far? How has Lord been used? And it's been used about a dozen times, about 12 times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay, sixteen times. Approximately sixteen times. Let's say sixteen times about. And every time so far, it's been talking about God. It's been talking about Yahweh. Remember what we when we think of when we think of Yahweh, I am who I am. What's the word that we use in the New Testament for, for, for Lord, for Yahweh? It's, it's this word. And when you call Jesus, remember he's a baby when he's being called this, a day-old baby. Not, it has to be less than a day. Then this angel is saying, Jesus is Yahweh. And I like 1 Timothy 3.16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh. And Paul says, without controversy, we confess this great mystery. Diana's not great. This mystery is great. And the gospel is great. And Jesus is great. It's undeniable. And Jesus was made known, our manifest in the flesh. This is talking about his incarnation. And that's what's going on with the baby, Jesus. The virgin conceived and bore a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is means God with us. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. That's 1 John chapter 4. And of course, we know that Jesus preexisted. He didn't come into existence at his conception. I came into existence at my conception. I wasn't anything before. Jesus, the eternal Son now is manifest in the flesh, right? He took on flesh. The word, of, the word became flesh and dwelt 
among us. This is the doctrine of preexistence because it's revealing the doctrine of eternal sonship. That's what 1 Timothy 3 is talking about. Jesus is Savior. And of course, in Luke, Savior is used during that time Luke was written of, of Augustus. And he was supposed to be a, a Savior. Caesar is the big Savior. He's the benefactor. He's the rescuer. Now, when I watch this angel bear witness to Jesus, I say to myself, dear preachers, I mean, we've got these angel preachers that are bearing witness to Jesus. Side note here, make sure you testify to Jesus. If you're a congregant and you say, I like my pastor, I don't like my pastor, you probably would say that because of his personality or hers. <laughs> Just kidding. What you should be saying is, I like him, or I'm appreciative for him, because he points me to the Lord, Jesus Christ. Sinclair Ferguson said, there's a center to the Bible and its message of grace. It is found in Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected. Grace, therefore, must be preached in a way that is centered and focused on Jesus Christ himself. We must never offer the benefits of the gospel without the benefactor himself. That's why we want to talk about the Lord Jesus. Certainly here, that's what the angels did. For us and for our salvation, Jesus came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. It was made human. That's the Nicene Creed. Well, God is certainly gracious, is he not? He gives a sign, Luke 2, 12. We're getting to the point here. Hang in there with me. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Very kind of the Lord to make sure they gave, the, the, very kind of the Lord to make sure that the angel gave the shepherds a sign. You're going to find a baby in a manger. I mean, if he didn't tell them that ahead of time, okay, where would they look? But also, if they happened to find a baby and thought this was the one, they probably would have said, no, this isn't the one. Uh, this is, as Calvin said, absurd and almost ridiculous. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Well, you're you're going to look for this. He didn't talk about you're going to go find the nicest woman, go find a woman full of grace, Go find a woman who's never sinned. Go find, you know, this wonderful lady, Mary. No, you want to go find a baby, and he's going to be in a manger. The mystery of the humanity of Christ, Luther said, that he sunk himself into our flesh is beyond all human understanding. And of course, we're glad he did, not Luther, but Jesus, because we need a great high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Do we not? Yes, we do. Now, here comes the show. This is what we're working toward. We don't say towards. I think that's British. We don't say backwards. I think that's British. I think we say toward and backward, right? You can say what you want. You can talk as you like. And suddenly, Luke 2.13, there was a, with the angel, with the singular angel, 
a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I mean, you're just in awe of the one angel. You had mega fear, then you had mega joy, and it's like a curtain goes up. I mean, these angels are already there. They're invisible. You can't see them. We talk about invisible war going on, and Donald Gray Barnhouse's book describes that well. Now we can now what was invisible is now visible. So I don't know if it's a curtain going up. I don't know if all of a sudden there's a rip in the space-time continuum. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry I'm so stuffy. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm trying to talk to these doctors, figure it all out. Uh, I can give you all my other woes, but I won't. Hopefully by the time the show airs, I'll have started some of the medicine that could help in this area. But it is what it is. What are you going to do? I mean, if you don't talk about discernment stuff, you lose it, you lose hairs. And if you, if you can't talk except through your nose, you also probably <laughs> lose hairs. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You've been a great audience throughout the years. Have you not? Yes. Are we not men? We are Devo. A multitude of the heavenly host. How many is that? What's the uh, host? Army language. Could it be hundreds? No, more. Thousands? I think more. I don't think you can count. I mean, there's divine splendor that's... I mean, what are you going to do? You've got the first angel shows up, glory cloud, and then now all these angels show up. Why do they show up? Well, because God wants them to. All right, I'd go for that. But two or three witnesses, I think that's a good idea. Two or three thousand witnesses, probably even better. I mean, wouldn't you like to be there at that time and see what's going on? Calvin said, but God determined to adorn his own son in still a more illustrious manner. This was done to confirm our faith as truly as that of the shepherds. It's for you. This is for me. This is, this is true. Suddenly, unexpectedly, this is end time stuff. I don't mean like our future, but for them, this is the inauguration of it all. It's happening. How many are in a host, in a stratia, in a, in a military unit? A lot. And what do they do? They say something. Well, what do they say? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. I read something the other day and I thought this was quite insightful. Who were the first that praised God when Christ was born? They were angels and not men. Angels who had never sinned and needed no savior. Angels who had not fallen and required no redeemer and no atoning blood. The first hymn to honor of God manifest in the flesh was sung by a multitude of the heavenly host. That's amazing. That's wonderful. There's a discussion here uh, toward heaven, glory to God in the highest, and toward earth, peace on earth. Let's break it down. Glory to God in the highest. To God be the glory. If you could give him glory for something, what would you give him glory for? 
Well, you could list a bunch of things, as we talked about earlier in the show. If you could say the highest glory that God ever receives, what would it be for? Glory to God in the highest. What would that be for? And the answer is, the Son is born. That Jesus is born. That's as high as it gets. What, what, what glorifies the Lord more than anything else? Well, the Son does. What glorifies the Father more than anyone else? The Son does. And there's praises here. You can read a lot of praises in the Bible about angels praising. Can you not? There's four living creatures. They're praising worthy. Are you to take the scroll? You were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Right? There's creatures, voice of many angels, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. So the angels included here to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the height of glory. The sun, as, as if I can use the language, determined in eternity. And ages ago, in the covenant of redemption, the pactum, the Father and the Son with the Spirit present, gonna go, Jesus is going to go rescue the elect, the bride. The song is talked about on earth as well. It goes toward earth as well. Peace on earth. This is amazing. Instead of enemies, friends. Reconciled to God. Peace with God. And we know how that's going to happen. Our trespasses are not going to be counted against us. Jesus will take those. Everybody wants to talk about a Pax Romana and the peace of Rome. This is not going to be equal to the peace of Rome. This is going to totally eclipse it, of course. God sending his son. Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2. He might reconcile to us, sorry, he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Later on in Luke, Jesus will say to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. But here's the show. Here's what we're after. Here's what we're building up toward. Or two. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And on earth, peace. Hmm. Goodwill to men. Sometimes it's translated. Which one's right? What do they mean? Well, to men of goodwill is one way you could translate it. Wrongly, of course, but it's been translated this way. The Vulgate, I think, has translated it this way. And that is, if you're good, then there's peace toward you. Another way you could read it is not the genitive case to men of goodwill, but the nominative case. And this is goodwill to men. And this is how I think the authorized version, 1611, has it. Maybe even New King James, although I'd probably have to look. This is goodwill toward men. And, and by the way, accept it, believe it, embrace it, hold on to it. But the other option, the right option, you'll see it in your ESV or NAS. My guess is the LSB. 
A lot of people read the LSB, I guess, LSB. Men of his good pleasure, among those, among those with whom he is pleased, are well pleased. That's talking about election. It is? Yes, those he wills to favor, those he wills to save. I could put it this way as we work backwards, backward, backwardly. True or false? Salvation is earned by you. Salvation is bought by you. Salvation is inherited. Salvation is through works. Salvation is through religious deeds. Salvation is by being good. Now, you know the answers. You know salvation is by grace. Salvation belongs to those to whom God is pleased to give it. It's a gracious gift. It's a sovereign gift. Did you know that? Luke 10, 21, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, this is Jesus speaking, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Did you know Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom? You don't do something to receive this. This is the Father giving this. This is sovereign election. The same word root is used in this passage. Do you think you can find it as I read it? At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Father chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This passage is a passage talking about God sovereignly pouring out his favor. You're not pleased by being good. You don't receive the benefits uh, of Jesus by doing something. Even your faith is, is, is not meritorious. It's just simply an inst instrument. But the problem is because of our pride. The problem is because of our low view of depravity. The problem with our trying to read the Bible in a certain way, election's hard for us. But from the very beginning, the praise of the angels is for sovereign election. Election is to be praised. Sovereignty is to be praised because it's God's election. It's God's sovereignty. I, I want to ask you a question. Does the father have the right to choose a bride for the son? Does the son have a, choose, a right to choose the bride? The answer is yes and yes. Israel's elect. Angels are elect. Priests are elect. Levitical priests are elect. Jeremiah is elect. Believers are elect too. It's not invented by Calvin or Augustine or anyone else. Spurgeon said, whatever may be said about the doctrine of election, it is written in the word of God with an iron pen. 
That's true. So you can either kick against the goads or join the angels and, and, and praise the Lord for sovereign election. And I know most of you do. I know in the quietness of your heart, you've had many times uh, opportunities to say, I'm glad you chose me because I would have never chosen you. You should be praising God for sovereign election. Paul did in Ephesians chapter 1, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, he predestined us to adoption to the praise of his glorious grace. We should be praising God for his grace. My name is Mike Abendroth. This is No Compromise Radio Ministry. Mm.